Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And sorry about the uh, week missed episode. I was a fool and upgraded my computer to Big Sur a year after it came out, and it wrecked everything. I, Technical difficulties. Kyle and I spent... <laughs> this is a true story. So we do this late at night, generally, at 10 p.m., and last week, so we like we get on here. Kyle and on are trying to figure out why we can't get the audio to work for like half an hour. Chris never shows up. <laughs> like about <laughs> about eleven p.m., he texts that he had fallen asleep. So it worked out fine because Chris had fallen asleep. We couldn't get audio stuff to work, but we're back. We've got uh uh we've got uh, everything. We called solved. in tech support. Yeah, we had to. It was a it was a big deal. So anyway, we're back. Uh, we're glad you stuck around with us and. Uh, and by the way, guys, I looked it up this week. We are the number 115 ranked music commentary podcast in America. What? So I think we could probably knock off like 15 chumpy music, uh, uh, you know, commentary podcasts, and we could be in the top 100 of music Ooh. commentary, which is not that impressive. Let's... Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. How many are there? Total, top 90. Though. I just want to be able to, I want to like <laughs> brag about it as if we're really proud about it. I'm, but, I mean, you know what? But, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it go on my mortgage application and see how if that helps me get the <laughs> get a better it's prime help rate. Your interest rate. Yeah, it probably will. Yeah. We'll be like, oh well, this is where we do loans for people that have top 100 <laughs> music commentary podcast. <laughs> Come over here. Uh, anyway, uh, so um, obviously, as always, uh, we'd love if you subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, or rate it on iTunes. Give us a five star review. That's what we want. We don't want uh, the other stars. We're not interested in them. So uh, today we are talking about Panic at the Discos. Uh, I literally forgot to write down the year this came out. Was this two thousand five, Kyle? Oh five. Oh five. Year of our Lord, twenty oh five. Coming back with a big one. Their debut. Um, of course. Yes. From from 2005, a fever you can't sweat out. Uh, so anyway, Kyle did the research, quote unquote, for this one, and he's going to start talking about it. Kyle, take it away. So I'm going to give you guys some Wikipedia highlights, but the truth is, I'm just going to get this out of the way, and I'm going to hate on this record a little <laughs> bit. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and and the thing is, I have to. I I need to preface it with this. I am a Panic at the Disco fan. I am. Um, but these dudes came out in 05 and and probably 04 when all all of our uh, you know, ambitions were out there. These dudes put out a couple songs on pure volume and got Back freaking signed without playing a single show. And I hated their guts, man. Yeah, I was too. just like, screw these kids. Um, and also they were in high school, which whatever. At the time, that was just a couple of years younger than me, but I was still pissed off. Like they they were young punks and had no street cred. Because like when we were playing, all, it was all about that. Like, have you played here? How often are you playing? You know, and like every single label that all that both of our all three of us talked to, I say both, both of our bands talked to, it was always like, how many shows are you playing? How like how many people can you bring to a club? Like it was all about that. And and in fairness to Panic at the Disco, they didn't change the record industry is just they came along at at a bookmark you know what i mean like a specific change where pure volume was a thing uh and it 
was it? It was before MySpace, right? Or or is it after? No, that's MySpace. I mean, so that era right same, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, right okay. pre- era, yeah. probably predates MySpace. Yes, but, but. Def- definitely more of like it, it was the dawn of of digital music, right? Or online music. And I am I correct in the the thing I had heard is that they'd never even played a show. Is that yeah? Correct? That's what yeah. That's what never said. played they a never, show. Never played okay. a show. That's and and like. It's you, insane to me. For the amount of times that an AR rep asked me, how many shows are you playing? You need to play more shows. Like, I was furious over this band getting signed. And so um, I just wanted to get that out there because I'm going to do some, I'm going to do a, my, like, a fair share of hating on this record. Um, but I it's allowed. Also, it's our podcast where we yeah, can do well, whatever we want. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're Fairly kids, highly you know ranked I mean? podcast. If it, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Medium range. That, that's right. We Shmedium. have we have dozens of listeners. Dozens. And uh, you know, they probably I feel like they probably dis- will disagree with me because the other thing that made me hate this band at the time is how much people I'm getting ahead of myself in my first impressions, but how much people <laughs> this turned from research to opinion column. How much people quick. love loved this record. So I'll move on real quickly and then we'll get back into that. Yeah. This this album came out in 05. It was on, I always say, uh, Decadence. Is it, it, either of you have a better pronunciation I would think it'd be that? Decadence, is it not? Is it Decadence? I would think so. Is that not how you spell Decadence? No, it's not. I honestly decadence think it's a, a word. I've, yeah, I, I think I've only made read it. it. I don't think I've ever tried to pronounce it. I'm with, Ka- I'm with Kyle. I either. Okay, what, but it, it's a subsidiary of Fueled by Ramen. We all yeah. know how that works. Um, and so uh, ni- a nice little fact about this is um, Pete Wentz, um, bass player slash lyricist for Fall Out oh, Boy. Did he write he the lyrics know. in Fall Out Boy? Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> Wait, a neat, there's no... <laughs> isn't that a neat thing? so he he actually signs these kids and um at the time so when the band first formed i guess brendan yuri tried out as a guitarist and uh ryan ross was like uh no, dude, you're going to be the singer. And obviously that's the right choice, right? Yeah, he has got pipes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pete Wentz comes along and signs them. These boys are from Vegas. Let's see. Uh, I was trying boys to... Boys oh, is it, the ac- accurate description, yeah, by the that, way. That is true. The, they were boys. Uh, Ryan Ross was, I believe, 18 and in, in just starting college when they signed. Um, Matt Squire produced this, so like not not you know not nobody doing this um but we'll get into this uh, as we move along obviously not not a huge uh budget on this do you, does it, it do you have a number uh $11,000 oh that is much <laughs> lower than i thought it would be i mean it sounds like Guys, we spent that much on <laughs> we spent that much on EPs. Yeah, yeah, I know. we spent I mean, way more than that on way less. Oh my god! And and, and also reading that is just kind of like you know a lot of the notes that I'll have here in a little bit. It, it makes sense that it was eleven thousand dollar record, but <laughs> but freaking. So they made a gajillion dollars on this. They made a gajillion yeah. dollars, but Matt Squire did this record eleven thousand dollars. 
He must like, have just gotten back in or something. Yeah, or po- yeah, points. Yeah, you're totally right. That's <laughs> you're exactly getting, you're right. getting points majorly at that point because there's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if I they, mean, did, if they did it in his house. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, one. I'm, I'm just. I'm just. That's impressively <laughs> low. Does that make you know? You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference Super between low. having a low budget and like a oh, I'm actually more impressed with the production now that I know it was only eleven grand. I mean, yeah. Weird. <laughs> No, I, I understand I exactly what I you're get, saying. I get it. And also, I'm kind of like, this seems like a weird move coming from the lyricist for Fallout Boy to pay $11,000. <laughs> and also, I guess this was before uh, From Under the Cork Tree. So he wasn't just Moneybags McGee at the time. So, you know, okay. maybe maybe $11,000 was, you know, pushing it. But um uh, let's see. There were, there were some other tidbits I want to throw at you. Oh, they started off as a Blink-182 cover band. That's pretty cool. Um, and then I cannot find the quote, uh, but, but I laughed so hard when I read it, Brendan Urie basically says something along the lines of like, when they got signed, all of these songs on the record, if you can believe it, guys, were just all the songs that they had. <laughs> and uh, Oh, sh- he's, really? He's like, he's well, like think believe I have a deep it or not, but these point. are, he's like, believe it or not, these are the only songs we had. It just worked out that, uh, it just worked out that they were all great. And I was just like, yeah, totally. Yeah, it worked and, out. And, and also, um, should can, can we, I mean, can we segue into first impressions? Cause that's yeah, kind let's of what just, I'm let's doing just anyway. like merge into it okay. instead of having a distinct section. Let's just, so, so my first impression was I hated their guts and, um, <laughs> and, and mostly for personal reasons, right? I mean, this yeah, totally. We hadn't even heard, heard the song thing, right? I mean, well, also they're, they're, they're beautiful, you know, they're handsome men. Uh-huh. Uh, Pete yeah. Wentz, who, who also, I told you guys on the podcast, we did a fallout boy. Like I love fallout boy. I had a huge chip on my shoulder when it came to him being the lyricist. I don't give a crap about that. Nobody else does that. So I thought he was an idiot. And so Pete went, signed him. Uh, they'd never played a show. They were beautiful and uh, all of that stuff. And so check my off first, a lot of boxes. Yeah. They, my, my first impression was not good. Um, but um, what I will say is from, from the beginning with this band, they were they were polarizing. I remember like the people that loved this record loved it all the way. Like they were in on Panic at the Disco. And I say people um loosely because it was mostly young females. Yeah, I was about to say, what was the age difference yeah. between you and these people that loved it? I have them? a because stat I here. <laughs> I don't know anyone my age, which let's put uh so like for context, we are twenty-two or twenty-three. When this album comes out, uh, yep. and yeah. I would wager to bet that the people that loved them were all at least three years younger than us. Oh if yeah, not, if not six. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things where obviously, at the t- like at the time that that age gap felt bigger, but now it's like ah yeah, we're about the same age. But well, I right, mean, but like it, we you when you were twenty three, you didn't feel the same age as someone that was seventeen. No, no, not at all. Um, also, like, also, they just say they just anything I read from them, I just thought was so pretentious. Like, uh, the 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 album's writing was strongly influenced by I can't even say his last name. Chuck, the guy that wrote Fight Club, was strongly influenced by his writing. I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, 
<laughs> oh, very strongly. Like explain to me how it was strongly influenced by it. Like you read his book and halfway understood it. You know what I mean? Like watch this movie. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and I then didn't uh, read the book. I just carried the book around in my backpack. What they so mean that is that be... they listen to the Pixies. Where is my mind? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Several times. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm curious, did you, so when I, I'm pretty sure I, heard the stuff about them getting signed before I'd even heard them. Like, I think I heard like that, like spread that there's yeah. this band that had never played a show. They're from Vegas, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. They're Vegas boys. Uh, and, and I remember being mad about that, like you, Kyle. And I don't think I'd ever even heard anything from them. I don't think I'd heard a lyric or anything. And then that first single happens. And I was just like, Oh, I, this the Pete went signed this band because he was like, Hey, if they're gonna rip us off, I might as well make a buck yep. off of it. Yep. And so that's right, what that's right. what it completely seemed like to me the second I heard it. So that was like my first impression before I even heard a, the record was just, oh, these guys sound like Fallout Boy. They're like a more dramatic Fallout Boy. And Pete Wentz was like, Well, I see dollar signs because we're popular. Um which also that has to have been I realize they maybe got signed before From Under the Cork Tree comes out, but this album came out after From Under the Cork Tree, correct? Um, Look up those I, dates, because I, I that's how I remember it, but I might be wrong. I don't okay, I'm looking up the date for From Under the Cork Tree. Okay, we should do this kind of stuff before we record next time. May 3rd, uh, 2005, same year. That's Cork Tree, okay. Oh, day before yeah. my birthday. And yes. Kyle's birthday. Oh, birthday buddies. Yeah. Amazing. Work what that into another episode. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a gift. Okay, this came out uh, in September. Yeah, September. So yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, much later. That's, um, how, that's how I remembered it. And it just seemed like we were in the throes of the height of Fallout Boy. And then this comes out and just sounds like unexact ripoff. But what was so funny to me is that the defense from the people that really liked Panic at the Disco was, well, but Pete Wentz signed them. Like, as yep. if, well, because... He obviously doesn't hear a similarity. I'm like, oh, that, well, yeah. That oh, he does hears not, the similarity. That is not correlation. Does not equal causation or whatever. <laughs> the thing is, well, I was like, you know, it's not a defense. You're talking about the boxes to check off, like for for the haters, including myself. Um, like, how about how about how long each song title is? Oh yeah, oh, it was. It, oh this is gosh. like a joke. If you, if, yeah. Anyway, I so guys, this is. Another boring tidbit. I normally just have these tracks typed out in an application called Mainstage, and it has a little track list there, and I can just read it off the track list as I'm going, okay, here's track five, and I hit the little play button. I couldn't do that because these are all so long, I can't get my screen wide enough <laughs> to fit. I've got <laughs> Spotify up stretching across an entire 27-inch desktop so that I can read the uh, 12-word uh titles um it's like yeah it is almost comical how long it is so it's like that even checks off the box to be something that like kind of got copied from fallout boy i feel like so uh, not that they invented it but we 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 have uh <laughs> we have on multiple episodes uh discussed reviews and maybe reviews that were unkind <laughs> or people didn't deserve blake you uh you so kindly recommended that i pull up their pitchfork review um <laughs> And it's wonderful. I'm going to yeah. spend lots of time with this later. You uh, don't have to read the whole thing, but give us at least I'm just like some the highlights best paragraph in or real time. Yeah. One point yeah. five stars out of four. Is that how Pitchfork is? It, is it four stars for Pitchfork or is it five? I forget. 
Okay, <laughs> even so, 1.5 stars. How about the headline? Emo barrel scrapers make rights of spring <laughs> seem two decades old. <laughs> um, this is a great line. Where does one begin to describe this steaming pile of garbage? You've <laughs> already my favorite line. <laughs> you've already seen the ridiculous name, so let's try a few song titles on for size. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it's like I don't really like music critics in the sense that like they kind of just crap on everything all the time. But when they do it exquisitely, it's it's my favorite thing. Uh, but of course, the asinine song titles and the moronic band name have nothing on the actual songs. The usual guitar, bass, and drums are augmented by drum machine beats and synths. It would be more at home blaring over the PA at your local gym than anything anything one might consider enjoyable music. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I assume we'll link to this. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to it for sure. Yeah, um, well, sorry, I, I, have to, I have to throw in my favorite line. Oh, please, says, please do. Uh, this poor guy's heart must get broken on a daily basis or something. And if it wasn't bad enough, someone convinced him to add some fancy effects on a track or two that make it sound like someone is lightly karate chopping him across the throat while he sings. Yeah. Oh, what a poet. I hope that this writer went on to great things. Uh, <laughs> poetry or uh, of bad albums or something. Um, yeah, I just, I think it, it felt, and what's funny, I don't think I've really got a sense for how young, how much younger they were than us. Um, and it, in the light of them being like 18 and only spending 11 grand on this record, I'm like, it's a pretty impressive feat because I'm always yeah, yeah. really impressed by the albums that are super popular on like, that is a shoestring budget. I mean, we literally spent more than that on a five song EP, yep. like in minutes in Chris and I's band. And I'm sure yep. Kyle spent more than that too. Um, and we were still on a shoe, what we would consider a very low budget. Like we were not money backs at all, you know? No. Um, so uh, that's, that's a really impressive dollar amount for an album that goes, um, pretty big uh and i don't know how do, do you have double a platinum double platinum in yes, 2005 is, which was not easy they so, made I mean, they, some money yeah yeah pete wentz and his little he may he may have made more money off this record than he did his own he probably i guarantee he uh, did yeah because yeah. He had, if, if you're talking about publishing and money directly from the record you know he did right well especially but he is they a were lyricist well but oh, is i mean yeah. for what band but on the first, on from under the cork trees, their first major label one, they're not making like their deal is not good. Right at that point, they're not making a lot of money on album sales. They're making money on songwriting and stuff. But gosh, yeah. So, so I, in some ways, I'm like, okay, good for you. But you can just hear the like immaturity just oh. abounding. And I think that, I mean, so I didn't like. I don't think I loathed it like Kyle did. I think I was just pretty like, oh, that sounds just like Fallout Boy, and it's not that important it's not that interesting was what my first impression I, I, was. If that I just makes resented sense. them, you know what I, I mean? I did it's resent like, them. That's for sure. Absolutely. I think that's a fair way to say it. I think that it was like, cause we were busting our butts trying yeah. to make it. And so maybe we're just, just paint us as all of us were, were taking fours baths in truck stop <laughs> yes. restrooms, sleeping and, on floors. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but we didn't, I guess, rip off the right band. Uh, I mean, we kind uh, of did. 
we kind of ripped off Fallout Boy. We we just didn't do it hard enough. I guess we just didn't want it enough, Blake. Didn't didn't do it well enough, guys. Yeah, that's probably the problem. Um, yeah, I mean the the weirdest thing for me was the 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 blend of electronic stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into going track by track and stuff. But it felt really weird. Um. And and not at all organic. It really felt like someone took two things and like smashed them together mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. Um, and, and or even that, to make them different than Fallout Boy, right? Like this yeah, and that might have been that might have been it. Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll have an eight oh eight in there, um, and that might have been the goal. I don't really know. I, I mean, there there's no, we have no idea like what this band was really i mean other than those pure volume things which i'd never listened to so i don't know what they even sounded like so um so yeah that's probably unfair that most of our first impressions came from nothing to do with the music and more to do with but that is crazy i mean the eleven thousand dollar budget thing is blowing my mind that pete went that's all (laughs) that's all they got and then it goes double platinum so yeah way to stretch the dollar i've long said that uh most budgets were way too high on oh, yeah. on stuff and that's really what the the label's problems were was that they were spending way too much on as recording was getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper uh but I would you know that would be well below the floor of what I would say yeah uh, someone needs for a full length full, full length album so uh shall we go to track by track fellas let's do it okay sounds good uh so I'm not going to actually do the intro because oh no I had notes on it oh you do are you serious yeah, introduction. Okay. Boo. No reason should be separate <laughs> from the next track. Those are my notes. Okay. <laughs> That's I, I completely I, my, agree. I just didn't want to play the clip. So we can talk about the intro, but I agree. I can, it's like I don't Yeah, like I've it. got some pretty thorough notes here. It just says inter- instrumental with a question mark. <laughs> I guess I was just beginning to get more angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't make any freaking sense as to why this is separate from the next song. I'm sorry. So I will not have to go back in and cut in the intro because I didn't know we would talk about the intro all, for any well, amount of time. But don't I mean all of it will fit because I think it's like thirty seconds it long. Is. It's thirty yeah, really it's, stupid. And yeah, and it's just uh it but I mean they're trying to show their little flair for the dramatic, I think. And yeah. so okay. Uh, so okay, so now so introduction, nice, short, aptly titled uh, song, and then we get to track two, which is the only difference between martyrdom and suicide is press coverage. Here we go. Bust out the glow lights, y'all. <laughs> it's the electronic breakdown section of track two. So, yeah, they really hit you with it uh, pretty quick. Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, normally, we give it to Chris if he's air drumming or air guitaring. You were actually raving. And so I was going to go to you on this one. Fist pump. So I'm going to do plenty of hating on this record, but I'm going to tell you, I like this song. I think it's a good opening track. I think it's stupid that they I, – I think it makes it even more stupid that they had an introduction to this song because, like, just get into it and let's get going. Um, I think 
considering some of the problems that I have with the rest of the record, they did a pretty good job of mixing rock and electronic on this one. I think the bridge is quirky and weird and cool. And, uh, he, he gets, he, he, he scats at the end of this song, man. That's, that's pretty weird. It's so weird. (laughs) That's Uh, that's my notes. Chris, what, what are your thoughts? Okay. So uh, I am 100% with Kyle on this one. Like I, as much as I loathe this band and resented every moment of their existence, especially the beginning parts, this song's not terrible. It's not terrible. No, it's um, a good song. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, song. I really like the bass tone on the pre-chorus. I like the growl, um, uh, and uh, I love the cocaine dance party breakdown. It's uh, definitely <laughs> like I, I, I feel like it, 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 it's, it, it kind of fits. You know, like it, 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 it's a, it's a departure, but it kind of works. Um, and <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you guys already made this joke, but like. Yeah, like did they download every free VST plugin they could find, uh, you know, to get like because they're already using so much crap in this song. I'm like, guys, it's the first song. Just hold the phone for a second. They're um, like, they're like, wait, my friend's brother just downloaded Fruity Loops yeah. and he made this. <laughs> Put it in. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it sounds like sometimes. I mean it's got and your. It didn't, cl- it didn't need the ending, Kyle. Like that dot 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 thing. Like you didn't need that. Like there's already <laughs> too much song the in one for one song is anyway. Weird. God yeah, in it's like, yeah uh, <laughs> it really does have everything, Kyle. It's got your clown sex beat. It's yeah. got yeah, a let an electronic breakdown. Yeah. It's got the Fallout Boy style vocals, including the inability to understand what the hell he's saying. Uh, and so, but I do like the melody of the song. Yeah, <laughs> that's me too. a lot of things to say, but. I do like it, and I like the uh, the great got, chorus too. And he has some good, clever little lyrics, but it just mm-hmm. feels like that's what he mostly does. It's like, oh, here's a clever lyric. As nothing, th- this song is not about anything. Yep, that's what oh. that's what kind of. And this this would be a good example. It's like the swear to shake it up is like clearly the hook of a lyric in this yep. thing, and um, and you know, it's not like I need everything. Like I said, I'm not a lyric guy, but things can be. Too trite, you know dude, what I mean, <laughs> dude. And and they get there. You can like, make they, a point sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can make me feel something. Um, so you know, I don't know. That's that's track one, I guess. But I mean, overall, it's a good song. Like I actually no, it's like it's not bad. It's not. There are things about it that are certainly not for me, and certainly were definitely not my style in two thousand five. Guys, for um, some kids that never played a single but show, but for being eighteen years old and eleven thousand dollars, this track, this one track, cost six hundred dollars yeah. to produce. Apparently, <laughs> way to go! You know, good job. Way better than I mean. Look, I can show you what I was doing for similar shoestring budgets, and they sound like crap. And uh, and maybe the songs are even worse. And so I'm not gonna. And, and you know what? I'm not saying also, I was doing anything better at 18. I, I for don't sure. think anybody's gonna get mad on us for hating because, like, freaking Brendan Yuri is sitting in his mansion somewhere. Yeah, who cares? Counting his money, he say. doesn't care what we think. And and also, like, what we think didn't affect this record selling two million copies. So, right. Well, and I appreciate the journey that they're been. <laughs> Same, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Like it's like it, it, I mean, this was the first, you know. It, yeah, it's this, this isn't great, but like uh, people liked it and they made enough money to like build a career and make really good mm-hmm. songs and gosh, good for them. Yep. Yeah. Hate them, exactly. but good for them. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to track two, which I'm only saying these titles one time a piece, by the way. London right, if I were you, I'd just say three words from it. London yeah, yeah, Beck I'd just say dot, dot, dot. But yeah. I feel like I just got to do the whole thing. Okay, okay. Go, okay. London Beck and Songs About Money Written by Machines. I put the... We're just a white team for the web team. Make a scene, make a scene, make a scene. Or suck us off your shoulders on our proof I think this was the song that I was playing over and over again while trying to get um, our audio to work last week for an hour. <laughs> and therefore, that part of this song was in my head all week oh. last week in Florida. <laughs> Making you just twitchy? That, just that clip. Just that that was in there. Pretty deep. Uh, what are your thoughts on this track, Kyle? Okay, so I've got a few thoughts. Um, I... <laughs> I think it's I think it's another pretty good track. Well, yeah, you can um, stack the first two. It's um, definitely a good I, track. I, I actually think it's some of the best lyrics on the album. You talked about things getting trite and like they're just they're just not real good at it yet. Like the and but this one in particular, the the hook, uh we're just a wet dream from the webzine. Make us make us it, make us hip, make a scene, or shrug us off your shoulders, don't approve prove a single word that we wrote. Like I think that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that, um, like we didn't have it there, but like the pre-chorus is super long on this song and that's kind of weird. Um, I do like that little clip that you played because it's got like a freaking boys to men vibe to it a little bit. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think it's got a great hook and a cool, a cool musical bridge. I think this is another good song. And, and I think that, um, more so than the first song this one is a little bit better at um because when i think of panic at the disco and especially what they became became as they started to blow up they're like a um oh gosh they're cinematic you know what i mean like they yeah yeah, yeah. The, it's and, like a, yeah and, and, and so flair like, for the dramatic i mean yes, they're very like absolutely. into the costumes and the and and so yeah. like this is a better marriage of that style and music in my opinion than the first track like that that uh you know circus beat that comes in on the first track is a little jarring this to me is like a a little bit it's more palatable than that first one. yeah because the middle of that first track literally sounds like the score of in a movie when they show up at a nightclub it's like yeah. the fake song that's playing at the <laughs> right. nightclub right like in while john wick murders people in the background or whatever i mean that's yeah. what <laughs> That's what it it's sounds like. Super intense, and it, it comes in so intense. hot. Yeah, <laughs> this one did a better job of marrying the two. Uh, definitely agree with that. Uh, Chris, what what are your thoughts on track three? I feel similar. I like the I, you know the pre-chorus is kind of long, but I really like it, and I, I like the panic meet the press line, and um, you know the the kind of what's well, not self-deprecating, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just you know talking about yourself as a third person yeah yeah yeah. like but 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 it also you know greatly angers me like that they're like 
Okay, so God, they're like pretending they're Jay Z right now, right? <laughs> and then they ended up actually being famous. So they called yep. the shot before they shot it. And if yep. you heard this record when it came out and hated them because they never played a show, you'd be like, "Oh, you're already talking about like you're famous." And then they got famous. I'm just were. like, "What?" Well, they took a key from hip hop because that was always my most favorite oh, thing about hip hop is that's that a that's feature, the trick, not a, the, a bug. Yeah, huh? it's a feature. <laughs> it's that they like literally get an advance from a label. And then they write her a song about how they're rich and famous. And because yep. I'm always like, wait a minute, these people, like no one knew who 50 Cent was. He wrote this record and recorded it before you'd ever heard of him. So it's like, it's almost a, uh, you have to self, uh, you have to at least try to fulfill that prophecy. There's, uh, you know, a thousand people that don't for everyone that does. But then, I don't know, it just feeds into it. Uh, yeah. So in some ways, it's genius. It would look really, really foolish if you didn't sell two million copies of this record, though. <laughs> oh, but yeah. nobody would know because yeah. nobody would see your record. Yeah, but in, don't you think there's a tipping point where like you can't have a thousand people that like you and think That's you're true. a dick for being uh, acting like you're too big? It's like that needs to snowball to a certain degree yeah. before people don't care about that. Am I overthinking? <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm with you. There's there's the number is seven thousand. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the math on this. Somebody do the somebody do the math on on this and tweet us. How many records? Yeah, there's probably some math there that you have to do. Uh, It's like intense uh, stuff with a calculator, a scientific one. Uh, But uh, but a Texas instrument. Yes, you got a TI eighty (laughs) three for sure. You got to bust that out. Uh, But I just feel like there's not like if you saw these guys at a club playing to thirty people. With those lyrics, wouldn't you kind of be like, "What? What is this dude's <laughs> you know, problem?" Yeah, like, <laughs> Blake, there's no way you would understand what he was saying. But if you, you saw him in front of a club. thousand people, uh, you'd be like, "Okay, I don't know. I, I don't know. That it, it seems like a weird thing. It just seems like someone would catch on to that, but maybe eight, 14 year olds don't." Obviously. Also, Blake, I, no, I, 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 I feel like I need to throw this out there because, I mean, you mentioned it. Um, you wouldn't see them playing at a club because, because... they never played a <laughs> show. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I heard that from someone. Okay, so, um, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I think it's a good track. I think it's a good song. I do actually like some of the lyrics on this one, and yeah. uh, and that part that was in my head though, I'm tired of. Uh, it's not even my favorite part of the track. Ready to move on. But uh, uh, it was in my head for most of most of the trip. So, all right, let's go to track four, which is nails for breakfast, tax for snacks. Monet, we're going to you first. What's your thought on track four? I have thoughts. Thoughts, Thoughts, multiple, (laughs) plural thoughts. I think this was my last point on this song, but it'll be my first point here. This song is very forgettable. Let's see, what else do I have? The auto-tune flappy thing, I think that the pitchfork person is talking about, is is I put, put, why, God, why? It is the most (laughs) awful thing I've ever heard. On that weird note that he goes up to. How could you... how could you picture them like listening back and like like listen to track back? That's that is it. exactly what I was talking about, man. You got it. You hit it. And how did a producer let that get out of? Because digi- they probably yo. did this in five days. Yeah. I mean, I know. 
I'm being realistic. I mean, like if like a decent studio would be a thousand bucks a day. Yeah. So at the very most, they had they must have spent eight days in studio because if yeah. it was eleven thousand dollars and that's mixing and mastering too, there's just no way that they now it could have been that like the guy takes no money up front and it's all yeah. But like I doubt that this band was like not guaranteed to pop off like they did, and I don't think someone would do that for like no money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also, it also made me mad that he stuttered on the word stutter. I mean, they, great job, Bernie Toppin. But like, I just, <laughs> I, I could picture a bunch of 19 year olds just like congratulating each other how clever they were. God. Bernie Toppin. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie and his pal er, uh, Elton John make it a, a, also mention on this podcast about as much as 2000 butt rock bands <laughs> for some They're reason. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Um, so I think that it is pretty forgettable and, and I also think that that's not so bad compared to where we're headed on this record. (laughs) So I think it is. So like, I, I mean, uh, I'll say something nice. I, I I dig the vibe of what they're doing on the chorus. It's just not good. Like the, I, I don't know if it's a synth or a guitar thing that's going on and changes up. Um, and also, aside from the auto tune, I actually think that this is Brendan Urie sounding the most like himself, um, and and not Patrick Stump. So I think that that's a good thing because that dude is. He's got some pipes and and obviously goes on to show that like he's got a voice of his own. So um but yeah, eh, you know, it's it's whatever. I mean, I I it's got all the things that I don't like. I feel like the first two tracks, I'm, by first two tracks, I mean not including the intro. Um first three tracks. First three tracks are, you know, I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. And, and yeah. once again, I feel like back then anyone could do the first two tracks well, and then track 3 mm-hmm. is just like, yeah. Um it's got the bad auto tune, uh, you know, that's like not on purpose. I don't think this is not T pain auto tune. This is like, they just said it and didn't, I don't know. It sounds bad. Listen, didn't listen to it. Yeah. Didn't listen to it or something. Yeah. Um, and it's got that, it's got the conflicting drums. You can't just <laughs> drop quantized perfect beats in there and then put a flam snare on top of it. It sounds like, the, I mean, it sounds terrible. Like the, it's like the drums aren't quantized. The other thing is perfectly quantized, and it sounds bad because he's not playing right to it, and it's just weird. There's just all. It's like again, it's like you could have just taken that out, and it might have been fine. But like, and, and then it also, I don't know, just like yeah, I'm with you. These weird vocal stuff. Yeah, it takes me right out of it. I'm like, okay, first two tracks we were pretty good. This one's just like I'm out. It's not good I- right now. I forgot a note, guys. Then yeah. this is legit. Um, <laughs> I had a dot 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 after after what I said about this song, and then it says the album starts to get messy. <laughs> I like. I've never heard anyone say conflicting drums. I feel like that's a brand new sentence that you created, and I want it well, to be a T-shirt. They are conflicting. I mean, they're just not. It's like you can do one or the other, but you can't just do like, oh, I'm going to do a kick flam thing on top of this perfectly quantized electronic beat. 
It's going to sound like three snare drums are going off. It's going to sound like two million records sold. Yeah, I know. I know. They don't care about what I've got to say. Okay, uh, so we're going to track five, which is, what is it, Camisado? Camisado? Who knows? I don't know. Something like that. Here we go. Chris Monier, thoughts on Camisado? Uh, the song is a lot, as the kids say. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of got a nice groove to it. I, I I like the guitar work on the verse, and I, I like the mellow chorus because I like they're so much of what they do is just so in your face and intense that you almost feel like throwing out from anxiety. But this, the, you know, they kind of chill out a little bit here, um, and I like the the B three the um, the is it a Rhodes a B three. Are those the same thing? No, those are totally different. One's an organ, one's a. It's the organ one I'm going for. Yeah, then. B, that's so. B three. Yeah. Okay, that's what that that's what. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad I put a slash and not a dash. Um, mm. and yeah, so Kyle said, song before this, things start to get messy, and I I think I added this note here, like the verses with all the words and everything in the same. It feels like it's the same register and the same melody every song. Just and and so it's it's it, kind of starting to hurt my brain a little at this yeah point. i don't know that i could sing most of the verses to you but the chorus is like i love the chorus on this song yeah, yeah. i think no, the chorus really is great good. on this song yeah i think it's one of the better ones what's funny to me is that it like i i find that i gravitate towards the songs on this record that just sound like follow-up boy songs and oh, this sounds like a follow-up this boy one song. does sound a lot Bro. like a sounds, i mean That's it sounds just note. like it could be a follow-up boy song and i but i really like it like it's it's really good and 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 I can see why. Look, this happens all the time. It's like people think Aerosmith is, you know, the you know the American answer to uh, uh, Led Zeppelin, and you know, it's like there's all these things that happen at the same time. And when something's really popular, the natural thing is that people are going to copy it. I mean, it yep. it happens with you know, Blink Way Two comes out, pop punk comes just roaring out the thing. Fall Out Boy's kind of probably the next one, don't you think? Is the next biggest. Yeah, like post uh, Blink One Two. Uh was who's bigger, Good Charlotte or Blink One or Fall Out Boy at this time? Fall. I feel, uh, well, I mean, I'm not saying at this time. I'm saying Fall Out Boy ended up being oh, absolutely, a absolutely, much yeah. bigger deal. Uh, yeah. So I expect there to be copycats, and but this is a good. You know, I'm fine with also saying, hey, this sounds a lot like Fall Out Boy, but it's really good. That's mine. Kyle, where are, you, where are you at on this track? The overlap of all three of our notes is insane. My first note, like my birthday party, a lot going on. <laughs> Versus, not my fave. Great hook. Sounds a lot like Fall Out Boy. That I is mean, unbelievable that that's literally written on your notes like, app. <laughs> it's, it, oh, I did write the intro is cool. Um, also, again, with the, I think the thing that, along with a lot of other things that turned me off for this band, like their electronics, like that clip that that you just played, it it's like almost as annoying as 
logging onto the internet used to sound like it, it's abrasive. There's nothing, there is nothing about that. That's like, Oh, that sounds, that sounds good in my ears. You know what I mean? It's like, Whoa, why, why is that in the song? Why um, is that I think in the so. Song? Yes. It's, it's super intense. I mean, I think it's there because intense. they wanted that element there. That element is not as easy to do as people think it is. Uh, Cause generally when it's easy, that means there was no, it's just like cut and paste from something out of the box kind of thing. There's not like any editing well, of that or something like that. They're literally taking like a loop that was already it, in there. It sounds real bad. And and a lot of the electronic problems that I have on this record, I, I can't fully blame these kids that never played a show. Like I mean, what yeah, the I mean, hell is this producer doing? Yeah. Not like it's not mixed at all into the song. It's just like that's exactly oh, here, what it is. Yeah, here, here's this but electronic again, part the you're budget, get smacked with. It's so yeah, low. I mean, that's the thing. Right. I mean, it literally sounds like guys. We can put this in here, but we don't have any more money, so we cannot. Mix I know what it. it sounds like. It doesn't even sound like something. Pick a number between one and ten, and that's the volume <laughs> that's I'm the setting level it at. The mix. Put it <laughs> ten. It sounds like it sounds like <laughs> a everything Yama- ten. <laughs> like a Yamaha motif. Remember that keyboard that we were playing with that studio in Tennessee with Jim. You know, it's like that. You can make all sorts of wacky sounds with it. It's like it felt like they were just playing around with that and going, oh, this would be cool on there. And I'm sure that this is when you're doing this producing gig, you're probably going like, OK, yeah, kids. Know. Sounds great. Uh, Yeah. A little bit more of like, yeah, we'll try. That's fine. Um, Within reason, you know, so Matt Squire thought 100 people were going to hear this record. Yeah. Or yeah, I wonder if there was some deal he had like, hey, you, if you just do this record with these kids and I'll give you like I'll make sure you produce like five big records on fuel by wrong well, or something. I don't and, know. Maybe it's something like that, like a handshake deal. Even as small as the budget was to be fair to everyone involved. God, I hope they had mil- they had millions of streams on pure volume and that's why they got signed and why they got picked up and why they pumped out a record. So I don't think, yeah, there but was streams cost $0. No, you're totally you know what right. I mean? Like it didn't but, always translate. Well, but it was the dawn of that. And yes, so it like, was. yeah, so it was exciting that a million people were listening to something. So that's true. Yeah. Mm. Good point. Good point. Okay. Let's go to track six. Oh, which is only three words on this one. Time to dance. Those emo kids love to talk about guns, even though they've never touched one. <laughs> that was my favorite subgenre of emo is all the like trigger metaphors and gun similes that they have in their lyrics for things that aren't actual, you know, murder weapons. <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> Chris, thoughts? Fourth note, this decade had just enough gun trigger metaphors up to this point. They went over with this. I'm not kidding. That's like literally what I said on my fourth point. Like they took it too far. That's what they did. They were like that person, like the joke's already funny. And then they come in and they're like, yeah. And then, and then like a million people were there. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing that right. No, but you know I'm saying like, like, like it's like, like, no, no guys. They, they already talked already... about triggers and then they, they have shotgun wedding, <laughs> yeah. which aren't, 
like actually related and I don't I think they maybe thought they were being clever about connecting those two but there it's like one of those metaphors works yeah, in I this think, I, I think they <laughs> think they're being clever a lot Blake um I will say this yeah. this is yeah. I think this might be the most straight up just kind of rock and roll slash punk rock song on the record it's, it's that that part I like um and I, I feel like they kind of chilled out with the lyrics on the verse, and it's a little easier to, for me to keep up. Catching my breath a little. Those Kyle, are my notes. Kyle, what are your notes? What, um, where do you overlap with me and Chris so far? <laughs> lyrics, yikes. Um, <laughs> not a fan of the verse. Enjoy the chorus just fine. That's that's what I got. Yeah, I, mean, I literally just feel like... You're just tired. Other than other than noticing the the mass amounts of gun and trigger metaphors... Uh, nothing else really sticks with me on this one. It doesn't feel very dancey for a song called Time to Dance. Either. <laughs> yeah. And like this band can be dancey. So I, know, I would think the, the one with dance in the title would be dancey, but it's not. What were the singles on this? This is one of them, right? No, no, no. Um, this was oh, not. Gosh. Hold on. I've got them. Okay. So the first single was the only difference between martyrdom right. and suicide is press coverage. Second single was I write sense, not tragedy. Huge. Number three, but it's better if you do. Yeah. Number four, lying is the most fun. Blah, 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 blah. And, okay. uh, they actually had a fifth single. So build well, God, then we'll talk. Tends to happen on, uh, multi-platinum records. Uh, well, good to know. We think that one's fairly forgettable. Okay, let's go to track <laughs> seven. Lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off, aforementioned by Kyle. I'm sorry, he, I pick- said, he, he just said the same thing over and over again in that clip. I mean, I it's... was laughing so hard when I sent you the time for that song. <laughs> <laughs> he says nothing else in the whole clip. And and is a testosterone boy even a thing? <laughs> girls, I get what that is. It's like there's no I've never heard of this thing. And he says it a million times as if it was like the Jets in West Side Story. <laughs> like a group I'm supposed to know about. Uh, Am I crazy, Kyle? No, man, this is not great. Um, (laughs) But it's not like I like the melody, but it just gets worn into me. I said said verse lyrics, yikes. Melody, fine. Verse music, good. Yeah, no, I'm into it. um, But no, it all... Put all those things together, and this does not make a good song, in in my personal opinion. But I mean, it was a huge single, dude. It's fine. That's it's fine at best it's, for me. I agree, uh, Chris. Where are you at on it's? Uh, is it a good song? Is it a bad song? Is it somewhere in the middle? I all I know is if I was in the studio, I'd go, Brandon. I swear to God, if you say testosterone <laughs> boys and Harlequin girls one more time, I'm going to strike you in the face. I picture that he was like he was like. Guys, I I've got this. I've got this lyric. 
hear me out. <laughs> and that's all it's going to say. And and the 18-year-olds in his band were like, dude, that's so cool. And uh, yeah, that's how this we happened. Just come, do we, do we come across as the most bitter old dudes. <laughs> I'm okay with it, though, because I am old. I'm really not bitter anymore. No, I just, and, uh, you know what? We'll get I was into... just objectively not great, and that's okay. I, like I would fun. argue that in 2005, we would have had similar things to say. I do. Yeah. As young yeah. men. Well, but would we would we have just been bitter young men then, too, because we, we were just jealous then? Less bitter, Here, more jealous? Here's the thing. Here's I'm cool with hating on this record because <laughs> because I am actually a Panic at the Disco fan. Right. Like, I there there are at least two full records after this that they put out that I am in love with and don't want them to go away or wouldn't change a thing about. Okay. This record is not that. I think you're right. And here's another good point. You know another band, almost the exact same thing happened to at the time, and I'm not pissed about it, and I love this band? The Mm. Killers, also from Vegas. Absolutely. Basically had recorded... Oh, yeah, from Vegas. They recorded half that record themselves or whatever. I mean, Mr. Brightside's the first song they write together. That song's amazing. Like, that record's really good. It's got a few songs that are like, oh, you guys are young, and this is your first album. It's not. But, like, it's got, like, four or five singles on it. And I love that band. I continue to love that band. It's not... It's not completely about the like fact that they didn't pay their dues or something. Oh, there's, I mean, there's jealousy involved, but also there's, there's these, this, this is not. Sometimes when a record is super hyped, it it doesn't live up to the hype. You know but what I, I mean? agree? Like, this, yeah, this yeah. did not live and, up to the di- the hype for me in 2005 for sure. So. For as much as people were talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to. Uh, well, track eight. I actually did do the intermission just because oh, okay. I feel like we needed to. Right. So here, here's the intermission. Okay. And it just does that for 40 more seconds. It's that same My chord note, set. Too long. Oh, it's way too, it's too, it's too long. <laughs> what would have been the right amount of time? How many So they played that riff 18 it's, million times. Yeah, How many times heard, should they have just played? heard enough of it right then? Yeah, that was it. That's all I needed and it goes on yep. for two and a half minute now it's not just that there's some other stuff but it's all very boring it's it, I, I picture again that they were just like oh that is so cool and it was like oh it's not yeah it's I, not. I was like gonna skip it and then i was like no this is so atrocious i have to include <laughs> two minutes and 35 seconds kyle i thought the exact same thing i was like if they would have played another 20 second track here like the intro I would have like rolled my eyes a little bit because for whatever reason, my pet peeve and Chris, you'll know this because we had a huge fight about this on our EP. (laughs) Okay. So I have a problem when people put a track on us back then when I was buying CDs and you'd be like, Oh, this track, this CD has 14 songs on it. And then come to find out like two or three of them are like 22nd intro outro tracks that they split into their own track. And and I'm like, this no, this does not have 14 tracks on it. It has 12, or it, it'd be even worse when it was like it had 11 tracks and two of them were like that. It's like this only has nine songs on it. I need bang for my buck when I'm uh, yep. paying 12 bucks for a CD or whatever. And Chris and I's band, we were doing this EP, and we had like a weird intro thing, this song, and we had this big long dragged out thing about. Um, I didn't want to do it because I hated when people <laughs> put a, like an intro yeah. track on something and a couple of the guys wanted to and we finally settled on uh, naming it, uh, making fun of something, another band. 
that said at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> and, so, and so that was the compromise. I was like, I'll do it if we call it probably mm-hmm. not. And everyone was like, done. So anyway, for some reason, I just have a problem with that. But I especially have a problem when they then waste two and a half minutes of my time with the well, yeah, track. Because the reason we did that... I think if I remember, it was we wanted people to be able to skip that intro. We yeah, we wanted people to it. not have to play the thirty second intro. It yeah. like all flowed into the song on our thing, right. and we yeah, that was the argument. It was like, well, do we want people to just be able to like put this on a playlist or a mix CD at the time? Is what we were talking about, right? <laughs> not a playlist, because uh, I mean, you could. But have this a serves in iTunes, but. no. But this serves no purpose. There's no. No, it's just for, it's just for the like pretending this is a circus or a movie act. I mean, that's what this right. is about. This is about the flair for the theatrics. dramatic stuff, the theatrics that they were. You know, I mean, I I like what they were going for. I think it's cool to go for something like that. I don't know that they like totally pulled it off on this, but um, yeah. But aren't, aren't aren't you saying though that you they could have had the same effect with thirty seconds? Yes, of, this, of that just of like that, the intro. Uh, yeah, that stinger, whatever. Oh, yeah, wow. it's it's just uh, yeah, we didn't need it, and we just talked about like for <laughs> for as long as that track is, we just talked about the track itself. Okay, so let's go to track nine, which is "But It's Better If You Do." Let's go to you first. What are your thoughts? Um, excellent, excellent uh, pick, birthday buddy, on the on the timing. Um, uh, I'm actually impressed because you found that long of the song without that just burning hot piano in the mix. Holy smokes, dude! <laughs> it's up there. It Holy <laughs> smokes! It Pull is that just... tag piano up in the mix. You said it one to is... ten. I'm I'm saying twelve, thirteen. That is a, that is a twelve. Oh my gosh. Um, I I do dig the theatrics of this song, and I think again, like it's fun to. I'm not saying I think this song is great, but they're finding themselves on this song. Yes. And, and, yeah. and I enjoy that. Um, I don't know. Is that, are those, are those electronic horns or is that like a harmonica that's, that's been distorted that we just heard? Do I think know, it's Blake? one of those big, um, like the thing, uh, oddly enough, speaking of, uh, the original CD that made me think of those intro tracks is Oasis. What's the story? Morning Glory. That kind of mouth harp thing that he plays, oh, but it's yeah, actually yeah. like a keyboard. Okay, That's kind of yeah. what it sounds like, where you okay. like blow through it, but you're also yeah. playing like a little keyboard on top. Sounds cool. Um, and then also, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of these moments on the record. One of the best moments on this record is this ending going into the next track. It is. Yeah. Well, so if you notice, excellent. Thing. The other cool thing about that clip that I think Chris picked. I, I I know I changed one of these or something, but I don't, maybe it wasn't this one. I think it, anyway, Chris picked it. We'll give him the credit for it. Uh, yeah. Is that they're doing the chord progression that you're going to intro the next track with. Mm-hmm. And I like that cool kind of foreshadowing thing, which is like very cool. I mean, I, I think it's, I'm not being facetious at this point. Like I can hear that this track and the next one are like, Oh, this is actually more the identity that they're going to end up. Oh yeah. Uh, like, blooming into and some of the other stuff was trying to throw stuff at the wall and I don't think it was sticking right but like 
this track into the next one is a really cool, I'm like starting to get like a, oh, I can see how you guys will eventually be able to do kind see of a rock opera going. kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, yep. that we're getting with some other bands at, you know, like My Chemical Romance, uh, Black Parade and things like that. Uh, but this is the first glimpse of it. And I do, I actually really do like that foreshadowing thing. And I love the outro. I, I, I half thought about doing that is going the outro of this song into the intro of the next one. But, um, anywho, it's very cool. Chris, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this track? I no, dude, I completely agree with you guys. I, you, you can kind of hear them finding themselves on this song. Um, and it, it it just feels like a more complete thought, you know, it's like, this is a song that was put together and not just, uh, but just slapdash, like random musical concepts thrown together and mixed poorly. <laughs> um, well, and, and like in this kind of Spanish motif that's in yeah. this bridge mm-hmm. is way cooler than any of the electronic stuff it's that happened super before. Super cool, it. yes. It's and like creative, and and not like anything that I could think of that was out at the time. I think Green Day had had some songs where they did yeah some, they did it on the like morning this, album that we talked that we about. Um, and you know, this, the aesthetic of this bridge goes better with the visual aesthetic they're going for too. Like the video for the next song is like this kind of early 19th century, late 18th, or I mean, sorry, early 20th, late 19th looking kind of thing. And this fits that better, even visual, you know, like half the thing that was cool about My Chemical Romance was the visuals matched the aesthetic, like to such a perfect degree and the the bridge of this and going into the next track way more fits that visually than like the electronic stuff does because you totally. didn't see anyone rocking a three piece suit at the club exactly yep. and exactly. so it even like this is where that thread starts making a lot more sense and I think they were like really probably just bursting at the seams with kind of creativity and didn't know when to like shave the thing off like I think sometimes yep. the best thing you can do is take something away from a song or take something away from whatever it is. Like, it's kind of like, okay, let's try muting that channel. And you're like, Oh, there's the space that we needed, or it feels more full, even though we took that out. And I feel like they're figuring that out. I'd be so curious to know which tracks were recorded first and last in the order, or even written first and written last. Cause I bet these two were later. Yep. I would, uh, I would bet so too. Just, just a guess. I don't think these, they had these ones in the bag, but I could be wrong. Um, Okay, let's go to track 10, which is I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Well, imagine as I'm pacing the pews in a church corridor And I can't help but to hear, no, I can't help but to hear in exchanging of words What a beautiful wedding, what a beautiful wedding Says a bridesmaid to a waiter But what a shame, what a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore Chris, your thoughts on uh, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies? Obviously, the song is awesome. I mean, they yeah. they just completely nail it. This is like that. The, well, you, you, you were talking about the two songs, and on this one, it's like, okay, you guys, you nailed it. You freaking nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. This is this song's probably why the album sold most of those copies, right? Oh, this song for monstrous. sure. Okay. Yes. Because okay. I, I was still getting over my bitter bitterness and angriness, so I don't think I respected it as art at the time. I think no, I, I liked this song at the time. Yeah. I, remember, I don't think I ever, I don't I, think I ever bring myself to say I like, I it, wasn't I, like, obviously I did. It wasn't enough to make me love the band, but it was, there you go. 
but I was definitely like that intro was really cool and mm. and no one did a a plucked string intro yeah. and once again it's though Cicada. talk about what they like take out of it it's just that and those bells and the vocal at the intro and it makes it so interesting yep. because there's nothing going on and and I, I huge kudos to them on on the choices for that and the strings sound real they might not be. It's easier to do that plucking. <laughs> $11,000, probably not. Yeah, I right? would not think so, but like they sound good. Like, oh, yeah. But I, obviously, it's a lot easier to sample that plucking than it is the bowing of, well, of back then. But they sound good. It sounds. They put out a deluxe version. And so it's, it's very possible that those strings have been replaced. Well, you would thought. <laughs> may, I like doubt what it. We're hearing, what we're hearing may be. Maybe real. I have no idea. I would doubt but, it. But. but they put out a deluxe version not long after they hit it big with it. So maybe you could be right. Um, um, but it sounds good. It's a great, it's a great choice. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, man, the pizzicata. I, I freaking, I love the theatrics of this song, and yeah. um, it is the best example of tastefully mixing those elements with their music, like, um. I don't think that I don't think that they dis and and nor should they they're kids but they don't display much taste when it comes to that stuff I think on this album and it is perfectly done this song freaking rocks um and I'm I'm with Chris like at the time I was just like nah they suck um <laughs> but but this song this song is great dude and it sounds great and I mean, it's it's clearly their best work on the album. So. There were lots of bands back then that I would maybe not like, but would have a track that I'd be like, but that track is fire. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Uh, but And this would be one of them. I mean, like this track, I just think it's it, the, because that, that chorus comes in and it sounds just like any other like, kind of pop, punk, rock, Fallout Boy style mm-hmm. song on the chorus. Um, and we're back to normal, but like, if they would have done that with an electric guitar on those verses, it just wouldn't be the same. Like it, it could be the exact same song without the, that the bells and the, the strings. And I, it just wouldn't be the same. It's a great, it's uh, whoever made it kudos. I mean, cause it's, yeah, it's great and it's interesting. And it was stuff was getting a little homogenous and this is where you start going like, okay, they sound like a more theatrical fallout boy at this point. I'd still, that's yeah. what I'd call them at this point. Uh, but, I'm starting to see the identity at least uh, that they're doing something else uh, themselves. So uh, track 11, I constantly thank God for Esteban. Monier, thoughts on track 11 um uh, yeah i kind of dig this song i uh, that he he jumps back into his old habits here with the with the uh 
insane amount of words in that. I think we're back to, I don't know what we, we should, we should have named whatever this melody is that he literally uses on every verse yeah. and chorus. It just, they all start to sound the same, but there's well, some again, cool I think it's, things going I, on here. Oh, sorry. Well, I ahead. think it's the, I think it's the same thing where he's writing these lyrics first and then cramming yeah. them into a song and jamming them in. Yes. If you have the lyrics first, you tend to sit there and try to just sing them and, and something comes out and it's natural that his, the, whatever that melody is, is going to come out. And, yeah, this is definitely one of the homogenous ones. Anyway, keep going. But that, that and th- but there are some cool layers here with the percussion and the uh, the acoustic um, instruments and the keys. It, it's it's not terrible. Yeah, it's middle of the road for me. I'm like, yeah. it's kind of a, another forgettable one where like I couldn't sing this song to you. No. Um, without the track, uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think I uh, I put the bridge is cool. Um, I like that it's bouncy. And then there's kind of like a second bridge on this song um, that I enjoyed. Um, it's it's good. I, I like it just fine. Um, but also, uh, man, talk about, you know, we talk about placement a lot. We were we were in a real suck desert a little bit ago on this record. And this song, maybe in the midst of that, would have been would have been a breath of fresh air, you know. But like after after the single <laughs> oh yeah you know yeah. It, it, what's it, i mean the, yeah nothing's gonna quite you burned that one yeah how i mean that is a hard part it's like it, and we've collectively written few enough records that i don't think we would be experts at this at all but it's like because you don't even know which one is really good you know what i mean now right. i don't know how these guys can't be in a room and hear that i write sins not tragedies isn't the the monster hit on this. Right. I don't know that anyone would have had a different opinion than that in the room, but it is funny. Cause you're like, yeah, how do we, how do we follow up the one? I mean, most people try to either change the feel or go to the ballad, or if it was the ballad before you go to a rock, whatever the kind of thing is, you try to change it up enough that you're not comparing the two songs, but this one just kind of blends in. And so it, I think it naturally just makes it, it's I'm indifferent. It, and you're right, Kyle. I think it might've been more impressive. Maybe not right after this song, but I don't know. Maybe that's all hindsight. Uh, let's go to track 12 then, which I think is the longest title on the whole thing. It's got a comma in it. It's a literally <laughs> run-on sentence. <laughs> There's a good reason these tables are numbered, honey. Comma, you just haven't thought of it yet. All right, here we go. Kyle, let's go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the penultimate track that I'm not naming <laughs> you, again? You son of a gun, Chris. You did it again. My number one note, I was going to rant about what the F is going on with the piano on this song. <laughs> <laughs> and he chooses chooses the only clip where there is not no, this obnoxious that. piano. Sorry, like truly, I there's a good there's a good. I put holy smokes, too much piano in the mix. 
thank God for the horns and snaps that make the piano stop. Uh, musical outro and bridge is great because no piano. Like, <laughs> I think you just don't like pianos. It's not that. Problem. It's the mix. Holy smokes, dude. Like, it's... It is insanely loud on this song, like insanely loud. <laughs> well, I was, um, I was, I was just trying to pick. Clips it's a good that, clip. It's the, a good clip. Well, you yeah, didn't know. It's a quality. great clip. We it's weren't the trying best to pick part the bad the clips. That's the problem. No, it's the best. It's the best part of the song. Right. I just, I'm just rambling like a madman on these two songs. People need to go back and listen. I will say there is horribly mixed piano on this. You're song. not wrong, but what's funny, you're right. We picked all the best parts of these songs, yeah. but most of them are kind of so um, all over the place sometimes that there are entirely yeah. other parts that just are train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And we probably could have done two different clips for each song <laughs> to be like, well, here's the best part and here's the train wreck part. Because what's funny is that we keep going like, oh, that's a pretty good clip. But then there's this other part that's just what is happening. And I think that's the problem is that there's there's quite a bit of the album that is derailing. Dude. But there's always a good part of most of these songs. Is that fair to say? The, I mean, I think yeah. every part, every song has at least one thing that I'm like, oh, that's cool. That clip was was perfect, but there is you. I mean, I highly recommend everybody, anybody listening to this, go back and listen to the absurdly loud piano in this mix. It is insane. So here's my problem. Okay, Fall Out Boy starts. Maybe they don't start. It's it's at least where I noticed that these really long song titles that have nothing to do with with what's happening in the lyrics of the song. They're just punny for the sake of being punny. Fallout Boys are at least uh punny. What in the yeah. world does this title mean? There's a good reason these tables are numbered, honey, uh comma, you just haven't thought of it yet. I don't like what are we talking about? Does it have anything to do with anything? Same thing with the next track. I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about or the one before it. They're just long for the sake of and then and maybe I'm just not in on the joke. Do you all get the titles? And I'm just didn't understand. I, I do not. Maybe no. they're referencing and, and some book series like, I didn't read. I don't care enough okay. to, to know. Like I didn't look into it. I they like know. it when a it's chaos. Yeah. Okay. It's just okay. It's it's again. We're trying. We're throwing. We're monkeys throwing feces. Then <laughs> yeah. We're just trying things. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like it's just something that one of the idiots said to one of their idiot girlfriends at a Denny's, and they were like, "Brandon, write that down." Okay, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that should be uh, a title of one of the only 11 songs that we've written so far that are all going to be on a multi-platinum album. Yep. I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just because they made so much money on this. I can't imagine. I, uh, I don't know if I've said it, but I, you know, I've definitely said it. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of what they did now. When I say I hate them so much, I, that's circa 2005 painting. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. And it's all jealousy. Well, I mean, it's jealousy, and I wouldn't have liked this record anyway. Yeah. I mean, I would I have s- given I kudos. If this was like... <laughs> no, I will say this. This is what's crazy. Let's... Okay, we'll talk... I No, we'll talk about this in a second. Let's... let's. Okay, uh, let's go to track 13. Final track on the record. Uh, build God, then we'll talk. Again, I don't know what we're talking about, but here we Chaos. go. Chaos. Shades of the sheets and before all the stains had 
Hey, I know this is going to be a shocker to you guys. I don't have this one on vinyl, so I don't have the liner notes. Um, did they give some songwriting to ha- Rogers no. and Hammerstein? No, that is my freaking note. How? How did they How get away with that? How do you have a double platinum album and not have them as as co-writers? Insane. There's no way. Did they not get sued for this song? No, they like it, it, they claim that it's a uh, that it's satire, but it's not. Mm. It's 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 not satire. It's so. Is there any information on that? Like specifically, is that really like I I I looked up. I looked up songwriting credits. Rodgers and Hammerstein are not credited. I am correct and, that they wrote Sound of Music, right? Oh, yep, yeah, one hundred percent. And um, and to further that, it says in the let's see, I had it. Um, uh, the bridge melody of "Build God, Then We'll Talk" is a derivative of the melody of the chorus of "My Favorite Things" from the Sound of Music. The lyrics in the bridge also directly. Uh, satirize the lyrics of my favorite things i'm like how do you even say that and rogers and hammerstein hammerstein i'm not i'm not sure on that how is it possible that they're not credited that's crazy well here's the reason that doesn't work in court i'm pretty sure is because the dixie chicks got who also get brought up on this podcast a lot for some reason they got sued for uh that all fly away one line that yeah in that song they got sued for that uh Three notes, three words, because it was clearly the reference to that song. I mean, it was it was clearly, and they were like, "That's like a sample. That's just like the same as if a rapper sampled that. You got to pay us for that." They they were only no. trying to sue him for the sampling, not the like, uh, like songwriting credit necessarily. But still, I mean, th- 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 this could this is either a sample or it's not satire though, <laughs> or fair yeah. use. I can't believe they didn't get sued. Well, I mean, it, maybe maybe, maybe on another site they've cre- me. I was gonna say maybe they've settled, or maybe on another site they've given them credit. But the songwriters listed on this do not include Rodgers and Hammerstein. Or maybe they're just so rich they don't care. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, the maybe. estates of those guys are doing just fine. They're doing all right. They're doing um, okay. So, do you mind if I give my thoughts? No, on yeah, Bill thoughts. God? Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I think that they mastered their theatrics on this song. Um. I love the simplicity of the music on the chorus. And what is more emo than sampling the sound of music? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty true. Um, I like those notes. Chris, what are yours? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, first of all, I was like, how, I, I, I read, I, I, I was very interested in this song too because of the obvious, um, you know, few of my favorite things play up there but i i noticed that it said they closed their shows with this song a lot i was like how in the world did they pull these this off live i mean i guess it was just they're just playing playing to tape right like mo- most of the song would have just been the samples playing right well dude i don't know if you remember this or not but that's another thing that pissed me off about this band is they sell a million copies and like when they first toured everybody that i knew that went to see them they had like multiple cello players like it was a it oh, was they like did Cirque it. They du really Soleil, did it? dude. Oh, yeah, they did it. Man. Oh, well, good. Yeah. That makes me no, like good, them. Good, but also it makes me so... Because yeah, Coldplay's been selling out freaking stadiums and they're playing to tracks. And I'm like, you jerks. <laughs> like, what? You're, there's they 80, could afford it. There are 80,000 people here. 
Yeah, they're gazillionaires. You could pay just like just from tonight's show. You could pay the rest of the, uh, a full orchestra if they wanted to. I mean, Chris Martin, if you're listening, you're a phony. Hey, but yeah, I'd go. Chris. I'd pay to go see that concert uh, tomorrow if they toured with like a a twenty piece orchestra. Yeah, I mean, what, would that be so like cool Metallica S and M? But yeah, but Coldplay. no, but just Wait, play oh, the parts that are on their records. Like I would go. Oh, okay. I would pay to go see that. Well, and there's lots of bands have done that in their like the autumn of their careers where they have their local philharmonics learn the songs and play with them yeah when they get there that yeah. i saw the moody blues play with the oklahoma city philharmonic yeah. it was bad a i saw ben folds do the same thing it was awesome yeah. uh anyway yeah they should have uh coldplay do that i'll buy the tickets but i won't but yeah, until I, then because I, I don't care about pro tools playing all your freaking guitar tracks that's I, cheating I, I, but I do like the kind of prog rock musical thing. I still think they're kind of like th- this album seemed to have a motif that up to the um, excellent, wonderfully placed and perfectly timed intermission um, <laughs> 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 that it, it, it kind of was like, wait, you guys have this whole motif going on the album cover, but you're not really doing it. You've got some weird, like I said, cocaine dance party beat just like coming in randomly. And yeah, th- th- they kind of like uh they're kind of actually doing what the motif is all about here. Um, the the, yes. the six eight groove here is kind of cool, and um, and yeah. the horns and yeah. that that stuff, the piano, even though it's too high in the mix, these are all yeah, fitting the motif, and I'm and I'm cool with that. I really I've always appreciated a band that has kind of a style, even if that's album to album, or I like that stuff. I think that there's it we're especially back then when it's music videos are the thing driving album sales and theatrics, even on stage and stuff like that. It's like, I, I appreciate that side of, of the business. It doesn't bother me that like they dressed a certain way or like none of that stuff. I think it's smart and it's cool when you pull it off, especially if the music has some sort of callback to that. And I feel like it does on this track. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't on the techno music parts. Um, and so I, I feel like this is we're definitely at, by the end of this album tracking for where they kind of go and kind of carve out a thing for themselves. Uh, we just maybe didn't have it earlier in the record. So, OK, lasting impressions. <laughs> uh, does it hold up, Kyle? I mean, it's no. a, we didn't really like it then. So that's kind of a bad. No. It definitely. Well, Chris, what 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 are your opinions on it? Oh, God, no, it does not. <laughs> It just it, one, one song kind of holds up. Yep. Yeah, I would say like I write sins not tragedies is it, that could be that could have been done today. Yeah. Like as far Sounds as there's cool. nothing about it that's too. I mean, I guess the choruses are gonna feel a little 2005 or whatever, but um, yeah, I just I just it didn't wasn't great then. It doesn't hold up. It didn't get better. It wasn't like Pinkerton or something where people slowly realized it was a masterpiece. I think this is a young band their first album these are literally the first 12 songs or these are literally the first 11 songs they wrote ever there was probably not a single thing that got scratched from this whole thing um if you can believe it and that's impressive (laughs) and and i've got to so so yeah in kudos to them it not maybe maybe it doesn't hold up but like if i told if this was a local band that was 18 years old and did this for eleven thousand bucks in two thousand five. We would have been really impressed with it. Does that make oh, sense, dude? If I if I had recorded the first eleven songs I'd ever written, it would be a garbage fire. 
Like just <laughs> it would just be it would be awful. Actually, it might be funny because it's so My, bad. Mine would be but, bad. Well, and you'd, um, uh, on top of that, to imagine having a producer and like somebody who's like super famous telling you that you're awesome, like you, you're, yeah. the, the hubris that would come with that would also make you make some really questionable choices. I think. I yeah. did. I recorded my first kind of like solo thing when I was 19. So I'm a year older than he is at this point. And it was three or four thoroughly mediocre songs. Not None, none of them were <laughs> destined to be uh, anything really. So I'm not, I, like I said, I would be really impressed. But when this band gets launched into the stratosphere, I'm, I'm, does that make sense? Like there, if it would, I'd be like, I would not expect it to go double platinum, but I would have been impressed if, if some 18 year old kid uh, I knew did this. And so maybe that's unfair for me to judge it two different ways, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, what about, is, I mean, we know the answer to this, but because I don't really pay much attention to the rest of their catalog kyle i feel like you're at least gonna have an opinion here uh is it their best album and if not what is their best not even close to their best album um so i am one of the weird people that uh their next record pretty odd is insanely good like i i am in love with it it is it is perfect um okay so i should i've really i've never listened to any of their other stuff because they just weren't my thing so what's what's crazy about that record is it's their record like so they're 18 on this on this record right between this record and their next record and loving the and loving theatrics the way that they did they gravitated towards the Beatles and that next record is is basically their homage to that music and okay. it is well I amazing. like the Beatles so I will so, check it out and ripping off the Beatles you're like 40 years removed at that point, as opposed to um, Fall Out Boy, which is happening the like in May, yeah. and your album comes out yeah. in September. So I would say to anybody that hasn't listened, I would check out Pretty Odd. Um, it's nothing like this record. And then the next record that I love is actually the one that uh, is kind of Brendan Urie's first solo attempt, the Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die. Um, I think it's, it's a 2013 release and it's just, it's excellent. So what's the, so what's the like timeline? This is little, how little I know. What's the timeline from like panic at the disco being a band to it just being Brandon? Well, so they put out a, an album vices and virtue, which I believe John Feldman had a little bit to do with in 2011. And then, um, and this is like all of them, or at least some of them. Well, I think it's just it's two of the guys the, at that point. Yeah, right? it's the drummer uh, and yeah. and and Brendan. Oh, that's it. By 2011, it's just the two. Oh yeah, them. Ryan Ross left after after the second record. Okay, so uh, it's pretty much been Brendan Urie writing everything. But I mean, as far as it feeling like him being the, him being a. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's, I still don't think he quite feels like a pop star when he does that. Like he's doing the song with Taylor Swift, which I mean, that's, fr- I mean, you don't get bigger than that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but he's still I would definitely call to, him a pop star. I mean, I'm not saying he's not one. I'm just saying like, he's still like, to me, he's still a little bit of a rock star. Okay. That's fine. Just a little bit. Um, but I'm saying also like, as far as level of success, like you don't get bigger than that. Freaking Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, not that's, a lot of people. That's a big deal. 
so uh no this is not their best record okay. but check out pretty odd and uh too weird to live too rare to die so is it their most important album because it just launched them into the totally thing with yeah i would say it's their most important two million records sold okay yep uh, that's fair. Okay, I mean, this one's gonna be kind of funny this time. So, <laughs> on the awards, Desert Island songs, two or three of your favorites. I mean, normally this is a challenge for us to n- <laughs> whittle it down to three, but it's more of a challenge for me to pick three songs I would actually take to a desert island. But I can pick my three songs that I would say are the best tracks on the record. But uh, Chris, do you want to go first? So I chose to decide that this exercise was me with you know. Uh, not to use a belabored metaphor, a gun to my head, and I had to pick three songs. Uh, so that's how I went. Uh, I'm not even going to say all the words. The only difference between martyrdom, blah, 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 is number one. Uh, number two is whatever we decided Camisados is supposed to sound like. And then number three, the obvious, I write since, not the tragedies. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on I write since, not tragedies, and Camisado. Um those tracks are really, really good. And then like, so like those two, no problem. I can pick it because it's two or three. I think those are my two. I think I'm not even going to a third one because those two are really, really, really good to me. Um, but Bold. I like but, it, but I'm not going to go for a third. Cause I'd say, you know, there probably is a third one. There's like a tie for third. Kyle, what are yours? Same as my birthday, buddy. Okay. Straight up, straight up, which, you know, I think our theory so far on this record, I mean, on this podcast generally is that like, if we all agree, it probably means the whole record is not that great. Or if we don't say, Oh, it's so hard to pick only three and we all have different picks. It generally means every song's great. And, but you know, there are records that not every song's great. And if you have three songs that are really, really good on a record, you can sell 2 million records and then go on to get better at songwriting. And, uh, and make songs with Taylor Swift. Yeah. So kudos to them. Uh, props. Like I said, these three are way better. Everything we just listed is so much better than anything I had written uh, at 19 for sure. Or even now, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, and I'm sure it was the same for you guys. I don't think any of us had written um, anything that could have passed for that at 18 or 19. So kudos okay so um what about nobody's perfect what's the worst song so i mean we obviously know that this is less than nobody's perfect but let's just say like objectively what do we think is the worst track on this record i mean not the intermission okay um not what about the intro no come on there's <laughs> yeah, an actual um, bat i mean no, like the testosterone boys man that's pretty bad dude well but at least the Birthday melody buddy no, no, it's yeah, the worst okay, song. Blake. It's the worst song. I was it's gonna bad. say that London beckoned. So I mean, I just like I think it's just such a bad. Leaves me such That's a bad. The song. T- That's the song we're talking about. Oh, that is London. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, London cannot... beckoned songs. Blah blah blah. This is, is the one with this the is how little the titles go with each other. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, yeah, wait. That's the not the testosterone. Oh no! No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I think I was talking. I'm sorry. I am wrong. I am wrong. I got my horrible metaphors mixed up. That's the oh, wet dream yes. for webzine. That line. is. I'm so sorry. No, sorry. I'm, and I bad. was wrong too. That's not the one I'm talking about. Nails for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> See, I literally, this is what happens when you name titles that don't have anything to do with your list. I'm looking at a title list going like, none of these songs mean anything to me because they don't have the title being the, okay. you know, chorus lyrics. I was talking about Nails for Breakfast. The third Nails for okay. Breakfast is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. 
And for our listeners, the song that me and Kyle, that makes us want to pull our ears off, is Lying is the Most Fun a Girl Can Have While Taking Her Clothes Off. Yeah, That's which, was single, which was a single. Which was a single. It's just because he I says just, it over and over again. It wouldn't that, be that bad if you didn't understand English. Dude, but the thing is, this is why... Also, <laughs> hey, that's true I, for a lot of songs on this album. This is, this is why... It's another reason why I resented this band is because I feel like their fans didn't give a crap. It was just like, no, this is great. It's like, no, it's not great. Just frustrated. So I told, so this is kind of funny. So I, okay, we, um, a buddy of ours that was in a band, uh, and Adam from LAO was tour managing this band called the hush sound. And they were touring with Jack's mannequin at the time. And so, they were coming through. They were playing Tulsa, and so they needed a place to stay. So I you know, put the whole band up at my parents' house because I know how often we needed a good place to stay with hot showers and you know people not ashing on the carpet, uh, things like that. And so they were really cool. Those kids in the Hushtown were awesome. And they were young, too. They were younger than we were, for sure. Um, and they had just gotten off tour with Panic! at the Disco. And I was just like, I just straight up said, I was like, they just sound so much like, I mean, this had to have been 2005, uh, no, it was definitely 2006 because I was dating Elise at the time. So, um, but anyway, I was just like, they're just, you got to admit, they sound like Panic! the Disco. And I just remember him like kind of defending. I was like, I'm not saying they're bad dudes or something. I was just saying like, they sound just like Fall Out Boy. Uh, and, and we know now that it was completely on purpose right. because Brendan Urie has a voice of his own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I that's, agree. that's what pisses me off is that like I feel if anything, I feel that more validated in that criticism because he was intentionally trying to sound like Patrick on this record. Yeah. And maybe that's just youth. That's just like you loving something and not knowing how to take from it and make something that's your own. And he figured that out pretty quick. You know, he got thrust into it. But um Anyway. What was his punishment for completely ripping off Fallout Boy? Millions of dollars, yeah. adoring fans, a career in music. Yeah, we probably should have Taylor done Swift. It yeah. <laughs> Taylor freaking Swift. Yeah. What did so we learn, kids? Copy off your heroes, do it the best, and then you get a million dollars. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, or like basically be the first carbon copy. The first carbon right, no, copy the has first, a good shot. The first right on. Oh, and be really good looking. That helps too, guys. Yeah, yeah handsome. Very that handsome. One's, don't hurt. That one's Very harder important. to. to Dude. Yeah, Brandon Yuri, uh, you know, I'm he's easy on the eyes. I'm not kind of is or ain't no denying that. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're either good, good hair, dude. Um. Anyway, so okay, that one's easy. Okay, what about Grower Not a Shower? Is there a song maybe you didn't like at first but now love? Kyle, let's go to you first. You know, um, I think I think that build God, then we'll talk might be that for me just because I, I, I don't think people who like this band, I really don't think that they were paying attention and listening to the entirety of this record because panic at the disco to me drove their, their image home with their visuals. Like the, this album is not as theatrical as you would think after seeing the video for I write sins, not tragedies. Um, and so, I think I think the that build God and then we'll talk is more along those lines of of uh of I write sins and and like definitely I guess better put together than the other songs and seems well thought out as far as that goes. So I'll go with that one. Chris, what about you? Do you have a grower not a shower? 
I don't. I, and I'm going to tell you why. I, I, I just didn't really listen to this album that much when it came out. I had the same answer. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm spending I'm, I'm spending the most time I've ever spent with it in the yep. last three weeks. Yep, same here. I, I, I heard it. I just it was, can't, yeah. It was impossible not to hear it uh, back then, but nothing ever grabbed me enough other than that single. But once I thought that was the most impressive song on the record, that's generally a bad sign for me. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, on a record. And I just wasn't that into it. But like I said, I, I definitely was jealous, but I wasn't, I didn't hate I was just kind of indifferent to it. Like I hated Hawthorne Heights. Like that band drove me nuts and I hated it. Uh, This was more like, ah, it's just not my thing. And it sounds a lot like Fall Out Boy and I like Fall Out Boy. Um, I've already got a good version of them. Uh, (laughs) I didn't need a... You don't need need RC Cola. You got the real thing, Yeah, yeah, I got the real thing. That's Uh, right. No Royal for me. Uh, Any other final thoughts on, on the album, fellas, before we wrap it up? Nothing. Okay. Uh, sorry. Well, I, I, I will say, you know, as John Oliver, was it John Oliver or Stephen Colbert? Tip of the hat, wag of the finger. I feel like this yeah. fits that perfectly. <laughs> Tip of the hat, wag of the finger. Yeah, you I, guys, I, I want to say just like, awful, but good I for assume, you. Way to go. <laughs> I assume there will be people, just a dumpster fire. This sold two million records in 2005, which means really uh, at least three times that many people had a copy of this record. Um, good point. A burned copy or downloaded copy or something like that. Um, I am sure that there are going to be people that listen to this and are like pissed that we have been like crapping uh, on this record. We've ruined but, some, but just some understand things. that like, we are just like place in time saying for the size that this record was, we don't think that it lives up to that level of hype. If this record would have sold 50,000 copies and it would have launched and, and it was a good stepping stone to like their next record that ends up being the thing. Like I would, we probably wouldn't crap on this record as much is the truth. If this was like, like Michael Michael Romance had a not great record that came out before three cheers for sweet revenge, yep. but no one talks about it. Cause it wasn't big. Like yep. it wasn't the thing yep. that put them on right. the map. And so it's probably like, cost more than $11,000 probably did. And it, 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 and like the expectations weren't there unless you already liked Michael Michael Romance. And there's obviously they went up with that next record, but like, but if that record would have sold two million copies, I would have said the same thing about My Chemical Romance's first record. But we're probably not, yep. you know, but we did Three Cheers first because that is like their debut album. It's very rare that someone has this much success with truly their very first thing, especially in the land of time when people were doing EPs all the time. They basically had, what, two songs on Pure Volume? Kyle, something like that? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Two that songs. was it, you know, and so no really prior kind of thing. And so... um that's what we're talking about more than anything else. Anyway, long way to wrap it up, but uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, if you like what you hear, consider giving us you know a nice review on iTunes. Uh, and by the way, I was on my little podcast app the other day. I was like, you know what? I should rate this podcast that I'm listening to because I'm always asking for a podcast. It's really hard to find that button. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> it's like the old man scrolling back and forth. It's somewhere down there, though, in the reviews. And so... Uh, if you can find it, uh, give us a review. That'd be great. And, of course, subscribe so these episodes show up conveniently on your phone. Uh, it's supposed to be every two weeks. Sorry we missed that one. Like I said, I won't upgrade my computer ever again. Uh, we're just going to stay on this software version until my computer dies so that we don't get off our two-week <laughs> schedule. 
uh, <laughs> as always, you that's can my, us- that's my operating system update policy right there. Hey, it's not bad. I mean, I was already, I was having problems is the reason I upgraded. I shouldn't have, I checked everything and I was wrong. I didn't check software. I just checked hardware. Uh, anyway, where my, where, where my OS 10 lion folks at? That's what yeah, I'm running. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you can send us comments, disagreements, suggestions. Uh, you can email them to info at findingemopod.com, or you can find us on all the social media stuff, although we're terrible at being active on there. Uh, but shoot us. If you send us a message, we will write you back and argue with you. And and if you love Panic! at the Disco and you love this album, feel free to tell us why we're wrong. We're fine with you disagreeing with us. doesn't bother us. Uh, so The record sounds bad. It sounds bad, guys. <laughs> Kyle, it was made by it was made by objectively bad people. Kyle will uh, argue with you. I'll give you the Instagram login. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. We will catch you all next time. <laughs>